more. God is more. I've been saying uh, through this series that God's more than a genie for us to ask things from or uh, grant your wishes. God's far more than that. The fact is, the more that you desire satisfaction in life, I would argue the more you need God. You know, the more you long for things like peace and joy and purpose in, in your life, the more you need God. And the more you pursue God, the more you will experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised his followers. See, more God leads to more, far, far more, far, far more. We're looking at uh, names of God, and this week I want to look at Jehovah Nissi. The the names first found in in the Bible in uh, Exodus 17th chapter, it says, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. The the name describes uh, God, one who defends who protects, who provides refuge for his people, strong tower, like we just heard, the Lord is my banner. You know, when you're, you're in a weak place in life, when the odds are against you, you need a God that you can depend on. And I'm just curious today, anybody in a difficult situation? Anybody facing a, a tough challenge in, in your life? See, maybe you're, you're facing a parental challenge. And the fact is you're just frustrated right now. And you're wearing down and you're about to just let things go. You know, maybe you're trying to handle your, your finances and, you know, the fact is they've kind of spinning out on you. And you feel like you're not gaining any ground and you're thinking, why try? Maybe you're dealing with an obstacle at school or maybe at work or at home. Whatever it is, that thing that you feel like giving up on, that thing that you feel like bailing on because you're tired. You know, sometimes we we bail because of apathy in our life that it kind of rules and we just decide, you know what, this is just too much work. It's too hard. And the fact is, I know right now some of you are thinking, well, that's me. You know, I've been trying, but I don't seem to be making any ground in this area of my life. Why try? And the fact is, if the truth were known today, you're about to give up on some area of your life. And this may be a big thing, but also don't discount the little things in your life, those small things. You know, maybe... Maybe you're uh, ready to, to give up on some commitment or goal in your life. Maybe you're ready to give up on your marriage. Maybe you're ready to compromise on something at work or maybe at home. Maybe you're ready to take that path of least resistance rather than face whatever that challenge is in your life. Maybe you're just ready to let things slide. Whatever it is, when the, when the challenge gets hard, you need something more in your life. The Apostle Paul, he writes this in Romans, the seventh chapter. He says, listen, I can't explain my actions. You ever been there? <laughs> Here's why. I'm not able to do the things I want. And at the same time, I do the things I despise. See, I am convinced 
that when we are confronted with challenges in life, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, we know what we need to do. We just don't do it. And in fact is, we end up doing the things that we don't want to do in, in our life. It's like, don't raise your hand, but you ever been on a diet? <laughs> it is kind of funny, isn't it? And you think, I want to lose weight. And then you drive by Krispy Kreme. And you think, I'm good. And then you see the sign, hot donuts now. And you can't resist. And so you pull over and you're like, donuts, me love donuts, you know. Maybe, maybe you want to be more patient with your kids. Any parents, am I speaking to you? And you get home, and you ask them to do something, and they mouth off, or they get a little bit of an attitude, and suddenly, that patience is gone, and you, and you lose your temper. You know what you want to do, but you end up doing the thing that you don't want to do. You need more in your life. There's a guy in the Old Testament by the name of Moses And he had some similar situations. And he faced those challenges and some difficulties in his life. In fact, Moses is not even sure that he's up to the challenge that are put before him. The fact is, he needed something more. And to kind of help you understand the situation here, I'm going to give you cliff notes, and we're going to move really fast here. But Moses, he's born a Hebrew, but he's raised Egyptian. And one day, Moses is out, apparently he's walking around, and he sees an Israelite slave that's being beaten by an Egyptian. And in anger, Moses kind of steps in. He's trying to stop the abuse. He hits the Egyptian, and he kills him. And so Moses becomes a fugitive, and he takes refuge out in the desert. He's trying to avoid the law. Fast forward... Moses is now living in the desert. He's taking care of sheep. He's been there 40 years. Can you imagine being on the run for 40 years? God appears to him in a burning bush. And God calls Moses to do something very, very difficult. And in fact, it's a frightening task that God calls him to. He calls him to confront Pharaoh, the Pharaoh of Egypt. This is the most powerful man in the world. The children of Israel have been slaves. They're God's chosen people, but they've been held captive in in Egypt. And so the people of Israel have prayed. They've asked God. They've cried out to God for deliverance from this bondage. And God hears their prayers. And so God calls Moses. He says, God says to him, he says, I've heard the cries of my people, and I'm choosing you, Moses, to set my people free. Moses isn't sure he's up to the challenge. In fact, Moses starts raising concerns. He says, you know, why would they follow me? You know, I've been out here running and hiding, and, you know, why are they going to follow me? And how, why would they believe me that I've had this conversation, that you're with me? And God says this, says, then the Lord says to him, what is that in your hand? Says the staff. Lord said, throw it to the ground. Moses threw it to the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. 
I get the running part. You know, it's, I mean, whoa, snake. I, I want you to think about this for a moment, though. If you were called today, if God called you to liberate an oppressed nation, to free them, what would you do? You'd call in the big guns, wouldn't you? You'd send in the military. You'd devise a military strategy to conquer your enemy so that you could free the people. But that's not God's plan for liberating Israel. The fact is there are no laser-guided missiles. There are no B-2 stealth bombers. There are no drones, no army, no navy, no marines, no air force, no elite forces. Instead... God sends in a guy with a stick, staff. And he's supposed to say, let my people go. Now, I will tell you, when I read that, I think this isn't the most intelligent plan. (laughs) I mean, it, it doesn't even make sense to me. But Moses goes with the stick in hand, that that staff, it's to remind him of God's power. It's to remind him that God's protecting him and defending him to remind him that God is with him in this moment. And so Moses stands there before the Egyptian throne, and he says, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. Pharaoh says, nope, not happening. That staff? Well, that staff would become legendary in history. The fact is, it became known as God's staff. God, God would perform six major miracles through that staff. You know, Moses, he confronts Pharaoh, staff in hand. Boom, boom. Yeah, well, wrong story. Um, Moses confronts Pharaoh. Pharaoh, if you do not listen and set God's people free. God's going to do some serious damage through the staff. If you don't release God's people, this is all going to be on your head. But Pharaoh doesn't bend. Instead, Pharaoh says, bring it on. And God did. And after a series of miracles, and then plagues, finally... Pharaoh caves in and he sets God's people free. So the Israelites, they they pack up, they they leave Egypt. They get out in the desert, and at some point along the way, Pharaoh realizes he needs the Israelites. He realizes they can't operate. You know, they can't they don't know how to fix dinner. They they don't know how to clean. Who's going to build the houses and who's going to operate commerce? And so he orders the Egyptian army to load up the chariots and they get their spears and their arrows and their axes. They're going to war. They're going after the Israelites. They're going to recapture them. The Israelites are are out in the desert. They they can hear them coming. Then they can see them coming. They they start freaking out because they're surrounded by mountains. They got a body of water. They're hemmed in here. And God says to Moses, Relax. Hold up your staff over the water and wait and see what happens. And so Moses obeys. The water's part. Now you've got a wall of water on both sides. 
and the Israelites walk through on dry land. God, God delivers them. The Egyptian army is following. When they get into the water area, Moses lowers the staff, the waters collapse, and they're wiped out. They're destroyed. Israelites are wandering around in the desert now. They can't find water. They're thirsty. They come to Moses, go, what are we going to do? We're going to die out here. And God tells Moses, strike the rock with what, you think? Strike it with the staff. And he does, and the water starts gushing out of the rock, and they drink to their fill. Friends, God performed miracle after miracle through the guy with the stick. That stick, that staff, it became legendary. Now, there are about a million Israelites in the desert. And they're wandering around. And Moses, I imagine, he kind of worked his way through the crowds each day. And people would see him coming. Hey, it's Moses. Oh, he's got the staff with him. It's, I am sure that there was conversation after conversation about the staff. You know, in modern terms, you know, any Star Wars fans here? Yeah, look, it's Yoda. He's got his lightsaber. It's strong with the force. You know. Moses and his staff. People were in awe. He's strong with God. The staff, it become a flag, become a banner to the people. You know, in combat, for a soldier, the, the banner, it, it was significant for, for a lot of different reasons here. I mean, the banner, it was a unifying point. The, the banner stood as something that reminded the soldier that they were part of something bigger than themselves. You know, the banner, it, it motivated them. It inspired them to get outside themselves, to do something above and beyond what was natural to do. You know, it, it, the fact is, it, it, it's normal to want to preserve your own life. It's normal to want to take cover and hide when someone is shooting at you and trying to kill you. It's normal to run and run away. But when a soldier would see the, the banner, it inspired them. It, the banner and all that it represented, it reminded them and it pushed them forward. It gave them courage to do something that wasn't natural. It helped them overcome their natural inclinations. And so they would charge out and they would face the enemy who were trying to kill them. Friends, we all face battles in life. And we all look to different banners to find courage, to be encouraged, don't we? I take something real simple here that we can all understand. For instance, your favorite sports team. Some of you, you see the emblem of an itty-bitty tiny redbird. Some of you see a baby cub. I see a fierce pirate. <laughs> but it's a rallying point, isn't it? 
it's hilarious around here. Cardinal fans high-fiving each other, Cub fans high-fiving, and everybody avoiding me if we happen to win, you know. But it's a symbol. And people do things they normally wouldn't do. You know, they paint their faces. They, they put on weird clothes. They paint their bodies. They, they get towels and they wave them. They do the wave and they chant. It's a symbol and it's a banner. And it pulls people together. I mean, on a more serious side, for some of you, that banners your family. You know, it's that picture on, on your home screen or on your phone. And it reminds you when you're working those long hours, when you're traveling, when you're sacrificing, why you're doing it. It reminds you of that. You know, some of you remember 9-11 when the towers fell. And in the midst of, of the confusion and the pain and the death, there was a fireman that planted an American flag in the rubble. And many of the first responders said when they saw that, it inspired them. It gave them courage in the moment. It motivated people later to sign up for the military. You know, people began placing that banner in their homes and in the office. You would see the flag. It was a symbol of hope and unity. A banner to to stay in the fight. See, a banner stands as a symbol It is to inspire us. A banner stands to to get us outside ourselves, to, to keep us in the fight. And my question today is, what's your fight? You know, what's your battle today? Again, it may be big, it may be small. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's a health battle, a struggle with addiction or financial challenge. But whatever it is, You need something more. You need a banner. You need something to inspire you, to give you courage, to give you strength, to keep you in the fight. Moses and the people of Israel, they're still traveling. They spent a lot of time in the desert. But chapter 17, they end up in a war. They're in a war with the Amalekites. Moses had no military training. I mean, he has no experience with this. So his brilliant strategy is he gathers everybody up and he goes, I want you to run down the hill and I want you to engage them in the valley. I'm going to stay up here and I'm going to hold my staff in the air. Everybody got it? That's the plan. Everybody on three. One, two, three, go. And they charge down the hill and they start fighting. Moses, Moses has got his staff in the air. Now, I'm going to guess that they've looked to the staff many, many, many times throughout their lives. The staff had inspired them on many occasions. But the battle would not unfold like they thought it would. The fact is, Moses is holding the staff. And I imagine at the beginning, he is jazzed up. He's got that staff. He's excited about it. He's good. And then I'm thinking he's believing that the Amalekites are just going to fall over dead at a point or something like that. But when the Israelites get down there and they're battling, it wasn't easy. The fact is, at a point, they realized we're in a, we're in a war here. 
You ever done that? You ever done that in your life, charged into battle? I'm going to fix this. I'm going to change. You know, I'm going to be more disciplined. I'm going to get a handle on this. And so you charge out, and you're like, come on, God, let's get this done. And you run down the hill, and you're praying for a miracle, and you're believing, and then suddenly you realize you're in a battle. Anybody else been there? Moses expected a miracle right away. In fact, every time that he had used the staff up to that point, the miracles were almost instantaneous. I think a lot of times we pray and we want the answer when? Now. God, help me get out of this mess now. God, I need you to heal this now. We want a microwave miracle. See, I said, God's not a genie waiting to grant our wishes. Moses thought, and the people thought, that God would move really quickly when they went into that battle. The scripture says, as long as Moses held up his hand, the Israelites were winning. But when he lowered his hand, the Amalekites were winning. Again, initially, I think he's psyched up. He's holding the staff high. That banner, it's inspiring the the people below that are fighting. It's giving them courage. And then something happened. Moses started getting tired. And he lets the staff fall. And all of a sudden, everything turns. The Amalekites start winning the battle. The Israelites are losing... And I imagine Moses is like, what's up with this? God, why aren't you coming through? My, my friends are dying down there. They said the battle went on all day. Moses had his arms up in the air. Think about that. You ever try and hold your arms up, see how long you can hold them up? He's had them up in the air maybe six, eight, ten hours. He's ready to collapse. He's exhausted. He, he's tired says when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and they sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. See, his friends are holding him up. Imagine they're in his ear. We're here. We're here with you. We're not going to let you down, Moses. We're not going to let you fail, Moses. And they stood by him, and at the end of the day, they won the battle. They got the victory, but it was not the way that they hoped it would happen. Friends, I don't know if you figured this out, but sometimes God moves immediately, instantly, like a microwave. And other times it's more like a crock pot. It takes time. You know, it's got to simmer. You know, God has a process. He's working through things and teaching us stuff and growing us. At the end of the day, though, Israel won the battle. And Scripture says that Moses built an altar and he called it, The Lord is my banner. What's my banner? 
the Lord is my banner, Moses said. There's something really significant here, and I think you can miss it when you're reading this story. Moses is calling the Lord his banner. You know, when the Israelites were, went into battle against the Amalekites, there, there is never anything recorded where God says to Moses, Moses, go to the top of the hill, hold the staff really high, I'll perform a miracle. God never said that, at least not that we are aware of. Here's what I think happened. I think Moses, and especially the people of Israel, had become dependent on the staff. See, the the staff that God had performed miracles through. The, The staff had become the focus instead of God. The staff that they were looking to for, for power, they were looking to the staff instead of God for their inspiration now. And I want to ask you, what's your staff? What's your banner in life? You know, what do you look to for motivation? What do you look to for courage to face that challenge? What gives you inspiration in life? You know, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your spouse or your kids. You know, maybe it's your success or your finances. You know, maybe it's some self-help mantra. And those things are okay, I guess. What's your banner? Because if it's not God, it's a stick. I mean, what's your banner in life? What is it that you're looking to for inspiration? Because if it's not God... If it's not the Lord, friends, it will not sustain you and it will not hold you up. Moses realized that the people were looking to the staff. And Moses realized they needed to be reminded that the staff wasn't what mattered. It was God that mattered. And so Moses proclaims to the people. He builds an altar. says, everybody gather up here. Take a peek. The Lord is my banner. And I know you may be thinking, oh, okay, so I know all this. I get it. It's all well and good. But how's this going to help me in everyday life? Well, here's the deal. When you are at your wit's end, some of you are today, when it is a battle in your life and you're struggling, when you face a challenge, I don't care how big it is or how small it is, when you are ready to give up on something, abandon something, you need to remember Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. The Lord will inspire you. The Lord will encourage you. The Lord will cheer you on so that you can keep going, so that you don't give up. See, the Lord will not let you fail in life. I have had many difficult times in my life and in my ministry. There have been times I have been overwhelmed There are times I've been beaten down and depleted. There have been times I've been hemmed in, and when I look, I don't don't see a way out. I don't see a way through. I just don't see it. There have been times I have charged in, and I thought, the victory is going to come fast. This is going to be easy, and I've got knocked down a few. I've gotten down that hill, and I realized this is a battle, and there have been times I have gotten tired, and I've wanted to quit on numerous occasions. 
See, it wasn't what I expected. It was a struggle. It's frustrating. It's wearing. I have been in situations and my arms have gotten tired and I'm just ready to collapse and quit. And my wife may lift up my arms. I've had friends lift up my arms, colleagues, and they've just lifted me. They're like, no, Damon, you belong to God. God's bigger than this. God won't let you fail. Hang in there. God will see you through. There's got to be a way. We're just not seeing it. Friends, the Lord is my banner. And every time I've stayed focused there, I have found hope and I have found inspiration in life. It keeps me in there when those times when you just want to quit. Keeps you standing strong and trusting God in those moments. And I will tell you, there's a not, sometimes it's not very clear at the time. But when I look back, I realize, I mean, it's kind of humbling. Because I realize how God's worked. I realize God used people. Made, made a way somehow. The Lord is my banner. And because of that, it inspires me to not give up because God's by me. You know, the psalmist, psalmist says this in Psalm 60. says, but you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. See, God's a rallying point. When you are weak, when you are beaten down, you know, not only will God inspire you, but God will give you strength to keep carrying on in your life. And some of you just needed to hear that today. I mean, you may be in a fight right now. You may be in a battle. But I want to challenge you to hang in there and look to God. The Lord is your banner. The Lord is your banner. You may be thinking, well, that's fine for you, Damon. You're you're a pastor. You got a calling. God's called you. Let me ask you something. What's your calling? Don't know? I mean, what's your calling? I, I can tell you part of your calling. It's to grow in your relationship with God and Jesus Christ. It's to lead other people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I might say something on that. You know, the two weeks we're starting a new series, Stranger Things. Invite people. It's a simple invite. You'd be surprised to say, hey, come join me at church. We're starting a new series, Stranger Things. And, you know, I think you might, might enjoy it. But we're called to help others grow in their faith. And you're called to face the challenge. Whatever the challenge is in your life, whatever the battle is that you're in, that's part of your calling too. See, the banner is a rallying point. It's where you're going to find inspiration in your life. When the Lord is your banner, when God is your banner, it will keep you fighting, it'll keep you going, it'll keep you hoping, it'll give you power to get through whatever it is you're trying to get through. The Lord is my banner. I mean, personalize that. Take the word my out. Put your name in. The Lord is Damon's banner. The Lord is Carol's banner. Lord is Fred's banner. Put your name in. The Lord is banner. The Lord's my banner. Lord's my banner. You know, when I feel beaten down, when I feel defeated, 
I hang in there and I don't give up and I say, the Lord is my banner. What do you say, everybody? When you're struggling and you feel like there's no hope for your marriage, when you feel like there's no hope for your career, when you're convinced that you can't get a handle on your finances and you're thinking, I can't get out of debt, you push those thoughts back, you don't give in to them, and instead you say, what? You know, whatever the struggle is, whatever the battle is, whatever the challenge is, you stand your ground, you stand firm, and you believe and understand that the Lord is my banner. I want you to think about that challenge that you're facing, that thing that at the beginning, in fact, some of you have been thinking the whole time I've been talking about it, that that thing that maybe you're about to give up on. Again, it may be a big thing or it may be small. But I want to challenge you to resist the tendency to retreat and quit and to stand up, to stand up where you are right now And in faith, we're going to do this together. If you've got something, just stand up where you're at. And you put it before God and you say, what? The Lord is my banner. The Lord's my banner. God, you see the people standing here. And God, I know for some, it's a mountain they're facing. And for some, it's just, it's a struggle. For some, maybe it's just, they want to give up on something that you know is important and they know is important, but it's just easier to go the path of least resistance. But God, I pray that we would look to you. You are our banner. God, that we would just lay it before you. God, I pray you'd give inspiration, that you would encourage, that your Holy Spirit would just speak and that we would keep our focus on you. Lord, you are our banner. And you're more than capable dealing with whatever it is. God, you have moved mountains. You have parted waters. You have given water in the midst of the dryness of the world. God, I pray that we'd walk out of this place and that we would, in those moments when we want to give in to the self-talk and the negativity and what the world says, that we just say, the Lord is my banner. The Lord's my banner. I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm going to keep pushing through. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep hoping. God, I pray that your spirit would just give strength that just keep moving forward. Another, another week, another day. God, at some point, when the, We have the victory. We get through. It may not be the way we planned, but when you get us through that, we would let other people know. God was my banner. God was my banner. God saw me through this and this and this. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. Everything we say and do, it's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, let's worship.